to share something with you tonight that I'll be honest with you, I feel like I have a full-blown license to share with you about. I want to teach tonight, and I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to put my finger on some places in the Spirit that I believe that if you'll allow the Holy Spirit to touch those places in your life, areas that feel dead can suddenly begin to produce again and live again. I want to talk to you tonight, though, about a title sermon or a message or a teaching that I'm going to talk to you about entitled, The Gain of Your Pain. How many of you know that, or how many of you could even testify this evening and say that you have encountered some kind of pain in your life? Come on. And so what we realize is that this life is not exempt from pain. But what we allow pain to produce is up to us and the Holy Spirit. Pain will either cripple, it will either cripple and paralyze you, or pain can become one of the greatest producers of purpose in your life. But you have to allow the Holy Spirit to get in your pain. Um, the Bible says in record of Jesus that he was a man acquainted with grief. In other words, he was somebody that seemed to, all throughout his life, walk with sorrow, walk with grief, hand in hand. He was somebody that would have lived a life not absent from pain and not absent from hurt, not absent from discouragement, but rather he would have lived his life right in the face of it. And how many of you could say that you're in, in some situation, some circumstance, even in your life right now, that is producing some kind of pain in your life? There are people in this room right now and there's so something that is painful. There is something that hurts, and it doesn't matter how much makeup we put on. It doesn't matter what, what, you know, what kind of smile we put on our face, because the truth of it is, is as much as Holy Spirit is present in this room, so is pain. But the difference is, is what we do with pain. I know what pain is. I'm talking about the kind of pain where it feels like your heart's been ripped out of your chest. I'm talking about pain that feels like it's taking everything in you to catch your breath. I'm talking about pain that, that hits you in your life in a way that it, it takes everything inside of you just to get up and keep going. That's the kind of pain I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about the kind of pain that marks you in your life. The kind of pain that, that, that years can go by and that pain is still evident. The marks of that pain is still prevalent in your life. Though, though days change and seasons change, you, you'll find out that some pains don't just disappear. See, life has its trials and bring pain. But could it be that pain is a good thing? Hear me. I was just talking to somebody today. And I told her, I said, I know you don't understand this. And I said, I know you're in a painful season. I said, but your glow is different. Your glow is different. I said, there's a radiancy about you that was not there prior to this hurt, prior to this pain. You're glowing more. It, it, can I tell you, you ready for this? That, that, that uh, glow sticks don't glow until they're broken. 
And so what we find is that sometimes it takes a breaking in life. Sometimes it takes things falling apart in order for them to fall into place. Sometimes there is a pain, there is a trauma, there is a hurt, there is something that has to happen in our lives in order for us to begin to shine for the glory of God. Matter of fact, could it be that pain is a good thing? Is there anything good that can come out of pain and suffering? Well, Romans 8 and 22 says this. For we know, or do we? Or do we? For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs or pains together until now. Watch this. There is no question that pain is not present. The question is, though, what is your pain producing? What are you doing with your pain? Did you go through what you went through just to, just to accept the, the occupancy of pain in your life? Or will pain produce something in you? Watch, what did it say in Romans 8? For we know that the whole creation is groaning and travailing in pain. Why? Because creation is producing something. Creation is waiting on something. Creation is waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. But there's a birth pain that has to happen in order to produce something. Come on, catch that now. What is the gain of your pain? Isaiah 66 and 9 says this. I'm reading out of the New Century Version. It says, in the same way, watch this, Woo. in the same way, I will not cause pain without allowing something new to be born, says the Lord. And if I cause you the pain, I will not stop you from giving birth to your new nation, says God. Some of you need to take that scripture and you need to write it down because it says this, I will not cause pain without producing. He said, I won't allow you to go through something that hurts and not have something you didn't have when you went into it. I will not allow you to step into a hurt, to a trial, to a, to a place where your heart breaks and you not be able to birth something that you would have never been able to birth on the other side of that pain. See, I will not allow pain without allowing something new to be born. In other words, God said, I won't let you go through pain without giving you a gain. See, what you will need to understand is that the Scripture is talking about birthing. Matter of fact, the New King James Version says, Shall I bring to the time of birth and not cause delivery? Oh, come on, somebody. Says the Lord, Shall I who cause delivery shut up the womb? In other words, God is not going to allow you to go through this pain that you've been through in your life and it not produce something. John 16 and 21 says, when a woman gives birth to a baby, she has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the pain because she is so happy that a child has been born into the world. 
What did it say? That yeah, there's a pain for a little while. There's, there's a pain that you got to go through. Even a, a natural woman giving birth, birth uh, and in labor, there's a laboring pain. But any mama in here that's had any kind of, uh, that's given birth to any child, you will know that the, there's a fear that leads up to that moment. There's a, there's a worry and anxiety that leads up to that moment. And then there's a pain and there's a pushing, even in that labor, labor and delivery room where the doctor's telling you, okay, now push. And and in that pain, there, there's, there's an immense amount of pain. But the, the Bible rings true that after that baby is born, the mother forgets all about the pain when she beholds the child in her, in her hands. And what some of you need to understand is you're in your pushing season. Your pain hurts now, but when you hold the promise in your hands, you're going to forget about everything you had to walk through. You're going to forget about everything that was torn apart, everything that was ripped, everything that hurt. You're going to forget about those nights that you laid up crying because when you're holding it, am I not a God who will bring you to a place and not deliver? Am I not a God that will, will when you go through pain will not produce promise if you're going through it he's going to bring you to it john 16 and or excuse me john 16 and 21 when it says a woman that gives birth to a baby she has pain because her time has come watch this have you ever thought that maybe pain was by appointment Maybe what you had to walk through, maybe the trauma and the hurt that you've had to walk through was actually by appointment. Maybe it was because God looked and knew that your pain would produce something that comfort could not. You teaching a whole lot better than you letting on. It's okay. Amen, amen, amen. I want to tell you tonight that when this thing is over, not only will you not remember your pain, but you will possess a promise that you would have never had any other way received. I'm talking to people that are in pain because of the words of other people that have spoken against them. I'm talking to people that are in pain because many are the afflictions of the righteous. I'm talking to people that are in pain because of the way that the divorce has left them. I'm talking to people that are in pain because sickness has overrun your body. I'm talking to someone that is in pain because of the past that has not allowed them to behold their present promise. You have to realize that if you've been in pain or you went through pain, your pain is producing something. But you have to take your pain and allow it to go to work for you. Pain will cause depression. Pain will cause you to shut the door and turn off the lights and watch Wheel of Fortune reruns. Come on, somebody. Pain will shut you up in the house. It'll make you cancel every phone call that comes in. You'll slide everything to decline. Every message that comes in, you'll snooze it. You won't want to talk to anybody because pain is on a mission to, to silence you. Pain is on a mission to isolate you because pain is on a mission to assassinate you. It will isolate before it assassinates. But if you will take pain and make it go to work for you, if you will allow the temporary sufferings of this time to not even compare to the glory that shall be revealed. Did you catch that in that scripture? There has to be a temporary suffering for a glory to be revealed. There has to be a hurt and a hang up before there's ever a heaven. God loves you. And this pain is working for your 
good. Somebody needs to know that this pain is not just temporary. It's not just like that of a woman in labor and that pain that is only there for a moment, but behold the beauty of the new life that she has when she forgets all of her pain. Somebody say push. If you're going to get through pain, you got to push. You got to pray until something happens. You ready? If you're going to get through pain, you got to push. Say push. You got to praise until something happens. You will either pray and praise your way out or you will remain suffocated by the pain of life. Did you ever notice that when you go through a very trying time in your life, did you ever notice that when you're in a hard hang-up, two of the hardest things to do is pray and to praise? Come on, somebody. The last two things you want to do is pray and praise. Why? Because prayer and praise pushes back the enemy. It pushes back the darkness. It pushes out the lies. It pushes out the the advancement of the kingdom of darkness. And it pushes you forward when you pray and when you praise, even when you don't feel like it. Your pain is temporary. Somebody say it's temporary. There are moments in my life where I walk through immense pain. Such immense pain that I wanted to die. Such immense pain that I thought it was over. Such immense pain that I was ready to throw in the towel. Such immense pain that I did not think I could go on. But can I tell you something? That that pain produced an anointing in my life. There was a difference in my preaching after I went through that pain. There was a difference in my worship after I went through that pain. There was a difference in my prayer life after I walked through some things that hurt me. And what you need to realize is your pain is working. It's either working against you or you're putting it to work for you. You can gain in the midst of your pain. Psalms 30 and 5 said that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Someone say it's temporary. See, I want you to know, though, this may be tonight. This may be your night of pain. And you maybe even have endured nights after nights of pain. But there is a morning coming. There is a time where you will wake up and you will no longer remember the betrayal, the hurt, the backstabbing, the suffering. There is a time where you will no longer come into agreement with the spirit of trauma. Come on, somebody. You will no longer be identified what you walk through, but you will start to be identified about what you're walking towards. You will no longer be identified as people of Egypt, but you will be named as the people of Israel. It won't be about what you were walking in. It'll be what you walked out of. It won't be about what you walked out of. It'll be about what you're walking into. God will change your identity as you allow the process of pain even to work in your life. Isaiah 30 and 26 said, Moreover, the light of the moon will be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun will be sevenfold, as the light of seven days, and in the day that the Lord binds up the bruises of his people and heals the stroke of their wound. My God, we need some revelation on this. Listen, I'm going to read it again because you got to catch this. Moreover, the light of the moon will be as the light of the sun, okay? He's saying this, that The moon will shine as bright as the sun, okay? 
but then the light of the sun will be sevenfold. In other words, it will be seven times as the light of seven days. So if you take the amount of sunset in seven days and you put it in one, he's saying that's the amount that the sun is going to shine. When is that going to happen? In the day that the Lord binds up the bruises, in the day that the Lord gathers together the hurts of his people and he heals the strokes of their wound. Watch this. Nighttime will become daytime and daytime will become seven times brighter when you allow God to deal with your pain. It puts a whole new meaning to weeping may endure through the night, but joy cometh in the morning. It ain't going to be just a regular morning. It ain't going to be just a sunny day. It's going to be a seven times sunnier day. It's going to be brighter than any day you've ever been in before. Seven times brighter when we allow God to work in our hurts. When we allow God to bind up the wounds of our heart. I've got three points I want to give you and I'm done. I want to talk to you on how we work through the gain of our pain. The first thing that you need to understand is the profiting in your pain. Profiting, not, 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 the, not like the profit, but I'm talking about the financial type profit. Profit, I'm talking about gain. Profiting in your pain. Watch this. Pain is required to grow. It's called growing pains. (laughs) I got a little boy who's seven years old, and at least twice a week, he will crawl into my bed about one or two in the morning, and he's crying. And he's crying like crying, crying. Not a whimper. He's got tears running down his face. And he's crying. And he says, Daddy, my knees hurt. And I remember being a little boy, and I remember laying in my bed at night, and I would wake my parents when I would be crying. And when I was crying, I was crying because my knees hurt. And I'll never forget my daddy would come in, and he'd lay on the edge of my bed, and he would rub my knees until I went back to sleep. But he would say these words, it's okay, son, it's just growing pains. Let me tell you something. Pain is required to grow. Some of you, the pain that you are rejecting and the pain that you do not want to put to work was actually permitted by God to produce the spiritual growth that you needed in your life. First Peter 5 and 10 says this, But may the God of all grace who has called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you have suffered a little while, Perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? After you have suffered a little while. After you have suffered a little while, then he'll begin to perfect. He'll begin to establish. He'll begin to strengthen. And then he'll settle you. See, I think in Christianity, we look for the settling We look for the establishment. We look for the strengthening and the perfection. But God's saying, no, in order for me to do that in your life, there's a a pain that needs to produce that in your life. You gotta go through some kind of suffering. You gotta go through some kind of hurt. You gotta go through some kind of hardship because olive uh, olive must be crushed to produce oil and cinnamon must be broken to produce fragrance. And any time in your life that God is gonna produce something with it, it will require a crushing. It will require a pain. Romans 8 and 18 said, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared 
with the glory which shall be revealed in us. As we encounter pain on behalf of our Lord and Savior, we must remember that the pain today means glory tomorrow. When you encounter pain, when you work through hardships and heartaches and hurts, when you walk through those things, there is a glory that will be revealed. For I am convinced that the temporary suffering, somebody catch that word again. Somebody say they're temporary. Somebody say they ain't going to last forever. I know it hurts now. I know the pain is pressing now. But I am convinced that the temporary sufferings of this time do not compare to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Pain today produces Tomorrow's glory. And so many times in life, we just want the glory without the pain. Luke 24 and 26 said, did not, watch this, Luke 24 and 26. says, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and then enter into his glory? In one translation, it says it this way, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Do you catch that? There is a suffering, there is a pain before there's ever a promotion. I need to speak to these people that are under the sound of my voice tonight and you're in pain. Because what you have to realize is your pain is actually the footsteps into your promotion. And everywhere else in your life, we are told to avoid pain. When you were a little child, your mama said, son don't, or daughter, don't touch the stove, it's hot. So you, you, you instinctively knew that pain was not a good thing. But I want you to know, pain that is baptized in the Holy Ghost can produce glory. Pain that is given to the blood of Jesus can be redeemed into purpose. Pain that is laid at the feet of Jesus becomes a supernatural power that you can walk in and you can minister from and you can help those that are hurting only because you've been there God's not looking for perfect people matter of fact God is looking for people that are acquainted with pain because people are hurting and they need people that have walked through things I always encourage people, I know, you know, divorce may not be uh, condoned, of course, in the church, but I'll tell you this, there's nobody that if I went through a divorce, there's nobody in the world that I would want ministering to me than somebody who loves Jesus and has went through a divorce. Come on, somebody. Just in the same breath that there's nobody that I would, if I had cancer, I wouldn't want anybody that's never had cancer ministering to me. In other words, what I'm saying is don't talk to me unless you know my pain. You can't speak to pain that you're not acquainted with. But there is nothing more powerful than people that have walked through things, taken it and given it to Jesus, allowed Jesus to redeem it. And now the next time that they are standing there and talking to somebody and they're ministering to them, they are ministering from a place of redemption. They're ministering from a place of glory into the suffering. They're standing to where God is calling them. Watch this. It said, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Somebody say, and then, and then. You know, I think those are what we would consider a defining moment. A defining moment is the moment that we move from suffering into glory. A moment, a catalyst that shifts and changes everything 
is when we walk out of pain and we find out that our pain was actually intentional to produce purpose. It's when we find out that everything that hurt us actually was by the hand of God to help us. Do you not think that the crucifixion was God's plan on purpose all along? The Bible says it this way, and for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. How is there joy in the midst of crucifixion? I'll tell you how. He wasn't focused on the pain. He was focused on the purpose. He knew that on the other side of that cross was mine and your redemption. Listen to me. What if we understood that on the other side of our crosses is somebody's redemption? What if the pain, the nails, the piercing that we walk through in this life, what if it is so people that don't know Jesus can come to know him? What if I had to go through the hurt, the betrayal? The, you know, what if I had to go through every bit of pain that I've been through in my life for one cause and one cause alone? And that was for people that don't know Jesus to come to know him. Because I was willing to walk down a path and take my pain to become a platform in which I speak from. Not allowing my thoughts, not allowing my emotions to be filtered through pain, but putting pain to work. Putting pain to work to where I can, I can compassionately look at people. The Bible says that Jesus was compassionate towards them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He saw their hurt. He saw what they were going for. He saw what they were longing for. And he was compassionate. What produced that pain? Pain. Hurt. He's seen it. And it became the platform in which he spoke from and into their lives. Isaiah 53 Verse 3, talking about Jesus, Isaiah's prophecy of him says this, that he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Mm. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. And yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Do you understand that he was familiar with pain? And when we looked at the pain that he went through and we said, oh, he's stricken by God, he was saying, no, I'm stricken for you. It's not that God beat him and God chastised him and God killed him. It was that God said, through the death of one son, it will birth many sons. Through the life of Jesus sowed as a seed into the earth, one kernel falls to the ground and dies, but yet produces many. That's what's happened through Jesus's pain. Every single one of us have inherited the right to be called the sons of God. Could it be that you're going through the pain and the hell today so someone else can receive their breakthrough tomorrow? Could it be that you're walking through what you are walking through so someone else that cannot handle it will not quit? The second thing I want you to understand in pain is the prevailing. So we've got the profiting of your pain, but then there's the prevailing of pain. 
It was pain in the garden of Gethsemane that brought forth the sweat as great drops of blood. Luke 22 and 44 says, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Watch this. He was in pain, but he prayed more earnestly. Did you catch that? Sometimes when pain goes to work for you, it will produce prayers that you cannot any otherwise pray. I want you to know that when it comes to pain in my life or the devil to use pain to knock me down, the only problem is, is when he knocks me down, I fall on my knees. Come on, somebody. When the devil comes into your life to knock you down and use pain to get you down, we need to be like Jesus in Luke 24 and allow pain to push us to our knees. He prayed the more earnestly. And then the third thing I want to talk to you about, and I'm done, is the perishing of pain. Revelation 21 and 4 says, And God shall wipe away all their tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. Whew. The perishing of pain. For the former things have passed away. John 14 and 27 said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. In the destruction of pain, there is a producing of peace. John 16 and 33, These things I have spoken unto you, that ye might have peace. In a world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Matthew 11 and 28 says this, Come unto me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Verse 29, Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am meek and lowly at heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Verse 30, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The greater the pain, the greater the gain. The greater the story, the greater the glory, the greater the adversity, the greater the victory. Stand with me all over the house. Come on, bro. What we realize in moments like this of our lives is that pain is actually producing something. And tonight as I came in here, I just felt I felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit to, to release this word because I truly believe that there are people right now under the sound of my voice and you are struggling through the pain of your life. Everything and anyone around you would try to tell you to hide your pain. I'll tell you this. Don't hide your pain. Cast it. Cast it at the feet of Jesus. Whatever the hurt is, whatever, whatever the pain, whatever the discomfort, whatever that thing is that feels like it's punched you in the chest and taken your breath from you, learn to cast it to the Lord. First Peter says that we cast our cares on Him, for He cares for us. When we take our pain and we give it to the one that can take pain and produce glory, we'll find out that everything we're walking through in our life is not without purpose. I found out in my life that it was only after seasons of great trial, great hurt, great pain that I began to step into greater glories. And I've often said this, that I think God allows, I know in my life, 
he never allows me on top of the mountain without there still being some of the blood dripping from my pain. In other words, I go through a lot of hardships before I go through any high places. And I think God allows those hardships to seemingly keep me humble when I walk through them. The Bible said that the Apostle Paul had a thorn in his side and he prayed three times for it to be removed and God said my grace is sufficient for you. Let me tell you something, a thorn in your side would be very painful. And I wonder tonight who under the sound of my voice may be in the midst of God, maybe moving in your life and doing incredible things but there's that nagging pain in your side. There's that pain that hurt, that hang up whether it was betrayal, whether it was, uh, it could have been church hurt. It could have been uh, something that, that just ripped your heart out of your chest. God's saying, if you'll give me your pain, I'll give you your purpose. You got to let it go. You cannot carry that pain. If you'll give that pain to Jesus, Jesus will take it and make something so beautiful with it. The sun will be seven times brighter. The moon is bright as the sun. But you got to give it to him.